Welcome to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Join the podcast mogul Phil Better as he interviews successful entrepreneurs that make their living in the digital world. Now, let's join your host, Phil Better, and his special guest today on Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I am, of course, your host with the most feel better. And today I am happy to have a uh, founder and CEO of a company that's helping to transform how Canadians experience giving. Um, I am pleased to have uh, the CEO and founder of Charitable Impact. Um, He he was a former working in corporate finance and charity law. He decided to fund this to uh, charitable impact to transform how Canadians experience giving. He's a two-time TEDx speaker, BIV's 40 under 40 winner, and a pr- proud father of two. So please, ladies and gentlemen, please put to- your hands together for John Bromley, a fellow Canadian. Well, thanks for having me. Appreciate that uh, kind introduction. Yeah, but you've given away the fact that I'm Probably now over 40, which is true. Shh, we don't have to say that. We, we, no one knows. No one has to know how old you are. You won it. It doesn't uh, know when, when you won it. So you can still be sure. under 40. You could just be Thank on that you. cusp. Uh, <laughs> yes, John. Um, yes, I did do a lovely introduction, but I would love to hear it from your words. Who are you and what is charitable impact? Sure. Well, so I'm a, I'm a, I'm John Bromley. I'm I'm an accidental entrepreneur, actually. Uh, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a guy from Vancouver, British Columbia. Uh, so up here in the west side of Canada. But um, you know, spent my university years and early career out where you're at, Phil, in, in Montreal. I went to McGill and I started my career in corporate finance, um, which is kind of what I wanted to do at the time, actually. And I never really had any um, um, you know pathway that I saw to becoming an entrepreneur um it was somewhat accidental and i think that's an important message for people who are who are who are thinking about you know becoming an entrepreneur there's two tracks to get there we can talk about that a little later but very briefly one track is like you want to become an entrepreneur and you look and you try ideas and you go for it the other is you're a subject matter expert in something and you sort of stumble into becoming an entrepreneur because you're not sure anyone else can do what you think needs to be done for the marketplace so, 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 and which is what I am. I'm an, I'm an accidental subject matter expert kind of entrepreneur. So I came out of corporate finance. I was doing my stuff. My, my old man, my father, uh, who, who I'm in good relations with happens to be the pioneer of charity law in Canada, you know, knows more about charity than most people, um, you know, has forgotten more about charity as they say, than most people have, have learned in their lifetime. And, um, you know, I just learned a ton and saw opportunities, um, that needed to be to be fixed and 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 in short so started charitable impact charitable impact operates kind of like a charity bank so any anyone who wants to give money away we work for you as the donor okay so you can put your money in with us you get a tax seat right away you can hold the money there you can even invest the money from there and then distribute it to your causes and charities of choice you know once you're ready and feeling confident and we do that because we recognize that in, in the experience most people have with charity, nobody's working for them, the donor. All of the, uh, the talent and the time, the vast majority of the talent and the time in the charity sector goes towards helping the charities. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but we saw a really important opportunity to help the donors. And so we started Charitable Impact to create the tools 
and then layered services on top of that. And uh, here we are today. I love that. I love how you're taking care of the donors. Everyone's taking care of the, the charities, which is great. And it's important. You're helping charities as well because you're giving them access to even more wealth uh, by being that middle person taking care of the donors who want sometimes the glove, white glove service because some people want to have that nice extra service to know that their money is going to be doing a bigger impact in the world. One of the biggest problems and well, the biggest problem, I think that's not talked about in the charity sector is that there's nowhere to learn really about giving. There's nowhere really to learn about that. So we're all born with this generosity, but we don't necessarily know how to channel it, especially when it comes to charitable giving. So in that, con in that context, you know, it's hard to be confident about things you don't really know. I mean, like, you know, to, to, to pretend to be Canadian for a second, I mean, you know, how many of us are comfortable lacing on the skates and, and going out there and playing hockey when we've never really skated before or been taught how to skate, right? We've only just yeah. seen the game maybe on TV. So low. So that's the same with everything in life. You know, how confident are you as a cook if you've, you've never really done it before? Um, you know, and so, so, so the confidence issue is really important as people feel comfortable and confident that the decisions they're making are good enough. At least they can learn from them if they're not good enough. Uh, and they feel like their, 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 their time and their, talent and their money is going towards an organization that's actually making an impact, they're, they're more willing to do it more because it's more fun and they feel great about it. And so that issue of confidence is a really, really big one. And it's something we're actually focused on as an organization to try to solve. It's, it's just not one of these clear cut, you know, issues that, you know, you can read a textbook on how to solve. It's actually an experiential thing. And with you deciding to go into the the the, the charity sector and helping the uh, the donors make sure that their funds get uh, hit the right impact and create the changes that they're looking for, have you noticed um, more more people coming to coming to you and saying, "Hey, I was referred by X Y Z because they had such a great uh, great use of your services." Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, to date, you know, we're, we're, we're over a decade old. Um, you know, we've done over a billion dollars uh, through our platform in a, in a small country like Canada. That, that's, those are pretty substantive numbers. Uh, and yet we've done very little marketing. I mean, we spend money on people, but we don't spend money on demand generation, advertisements, things like that, uh, or very, very little for a business of our size. Um, so most of what we find is, 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 is it's word of mouth donors, you know, come to us, they meet our platform. They might talk to us, they meet us, they go, Oh, it was cool that someone held my hand for a little bit, got me going. And now I feel comfortable making my own decisions. Um, you know, this type of role, the role we play actually is really easy to find in the non-charity world. I mean, you can go to your bank, you can get help with a mortgage, you can go to your bank and help with investments, but where do you go to get help with your charitable giving? Um, nowhere generally and that's what charitable impact uh, is and that's why we exist i i love that that you're 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 giving it is that it's that white glove service it's the the thing that everybody wants they want help to know that their money is going the right place and you guys are doing that um i'm interested to know you said that you you spend money on your people that means your team to grow the business, find the charities and all that. How, how was it? Have you, how was it hiring your first group of people, finding the right people to make sure that you're, they're giving the service that you or like your father-in-law or your father were, were giving at the same time? 
Well, it goes without saying that people are the most important asset in a business, right? At least a business like ours. I mean, the intellectual property is, is, is second in my view to the people. Um, uh, so, um, critically important and it's not easy, right? It's really not easy. Um, um, there's lots of talented people out there, but finding, uh, the right skill set at the right time with the right culture fit is really, really difficult. And it's something that we've done pretty well on, I think, through the years, but we've also struggled with. Um, you know, one of these one of these famous sayings, you hear these things and they sound so cheesy and you just want to roll your eyes until you really figure out how true they are. And one I'm going to share with you today is hire slow, fire fast. And that is certainly something that entrepreneurs really need to, you know, get their head around. There's a reason why uh, it's such a short, pithy statement. It's it's really, really true. When you can fa- take the extra time to, 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 to give yourself more confidence that you're, you know, choosing the right person to work with you um, and putting them in the right seat in the organization, it pays dividends. And when you don't take that extra time, it can really um, be a, a hard uh, experience and you've got to move quickly to, to get rid of people, no matter how hard it is. Now, if you don't mind, let me just create the analogous situation because it's also true of charitable giving. You know, if you're just reactionary and you sort of go, oh, that charity asked me for money, I'm going to give them money. And, you know, the, the probability that you're going to feel really great about what you, you, what you did and the probability that you're going to actually hear back from the charity about what impact that they created, you know, um, as opposed to just hearing back from them when they want more money from you is low. Whereas if you sort of take your time and get comfortable and build relationships and go, oh yeah, this is why I want to support this organization. Even if they're not perfect, this is why I support them. They really know what they're doing. Donors end up being happier. And so, you know, here's where, what Charitable Impact is trying to do with its, with its customers, its donors is, is, is also true of, of what, you know, the entrepreneur in this case, you know, me and my senior team experience with, with, with hiring, with hiring people. Um, people are super fun and they're, and they can be really difficult. It's the best, it can be the best and the worst part of the experience of being an entrepreneur is dealing with people. Now I would love to get a tip for people who are in your, maybe not in the charity world or, maybe adjacent in the, the, they have to hire and find people a tip to help, help them find the great, the, the people that can fit with their culture and make sure that the roles are good with them. Maybe a tip for that, for the, the entrepreneur who's hiring the first time they're hiring for the first time. They're looking for someone to add to their culture a tip for them. Yeah. So first of all, I think um, culture is, you know, more important at, at, at a lot of levels than skill. But I'm going to flip you on that for us because we're a very missional uh, organization, uh, very missionally focused, very missionally driven. We say no to things that look lucrative that we don't think we should do because they take us adrift from where we want to be missionally. Um, and in 2023, more than in 2005, um, younger people in particular, but it's actually true of older people too, are looking for more missional oriented businesses to work with so that the time they spend day to day at work, which is a lot of time, you know, makes them feel good and comfortable about what, what, what they're doing and doesn't just, you know, make them, make them money. So, you know, 
when, when if people come and want to apply to charitable impact and all they want to do is save the world, we actually go, thanks. Sounds like you're missionally aligned, but let's talk about the skills. But in most, like the skills you have and the, 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 the what you can bring to the organization to make us better uh, than, than doing what we're, what we're doing today. But I think like if you're not a super obviously missional organization, right, the way someone who's working in the, in the, in, you know, with donors in the charity sector, you know, is you, you kind of have to flip that and go, okay, really focus on the, on, to start on the, on the skill set that people are bringing and then shift to going, okay, but are you going to be, you know, someone who adds value to the community of employees we're building to the community of, 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 of clients that we're working with? Um, because uh, in, in my case, Culture fit has always been the problem or the opportunity more so than the pure skill basis. In other words, when someone has really worked out, it's generally over time been because they are a really true culture fit and become a cultural leader in the organization, you know, even if they're an engineer, right? So it's not like all culture is HR driven, right? Um, and, and, and not where it's just like, hey, you're not good enough at your job. Sorry, we've got to let you go. Like culture, what's the famous saying? Another Canadian said this, um, culture eats strategy for, for breakfast, right? It's, it's, it's true in the hiring world even more so. Like uh, culture eats HR for business all day long. Uh, eats, eats, culture eats HR for breakfast, sorry, all day long. <laughs> um, I, I love that. Hiring for the culture, making sure they're not only a fit with the culture and the mission alignment, but they have the skills that can boost it because skills can be taught. If they already have some, you can transfer skills from other levels, but if they fit in the culture and their mission aligned, it's better than just having the skills and they're not aligned with either other. hundred percent. The thing I'll add to that is culture fit doesn't mean everyone agrees with you. Mm -hmm. Culture fit means that, you know, you're, you're, you, you, there's a safe and secure environment so that really important stuff like disagreement can happen. Right. The last thing you want, even though it feels really good, the last thing you want as an entrepreneur is for everyone just to pat you on the back and 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 agree with you all the time. Yeah. Um, um, as 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 hard as it is to, at times for people to agree disagree with you, that's where the value is actually created, and where you know misalign where 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 disagreement you know comes into alignment because it's not always about agreement; it's ultimately about alignment. Uh, you, there's so much gray zone that becomes black and white in those moments. And, 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 and when you are feel like you're in black and white decision-making becomes so, so easy, right? Decision-making in the gray is actually where the art comes. Uh, decision-making on black and, and, and white is much more of a science. I would love to hear about a, a win that you had where there was a disagreement, maybe in the senior management or maybe with uh, the employees, something that where it came out, where it was an alignment for both of you, like it ended up working out. Don't have to go into specifics or anything like that. If you have a story, something like that. So I don't have to name names. Is that what you're saying? No. If you want to throw people under the <laughs> bus, <laughs> sure. We, we're, I'm not going to censor you, but you can use false names or anything kidding. like that. I, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Look, another rule of thumb, at least, you know, if you want to be an entrepreneur, uh, you have to be willing to take accountability and responsibility for everything. 
even the stuff that like went out the door that you never even knew about. So I, I, I was saying that out of jest. Um, <laughs> so one of the things that's really important about charitable impact and, and that actually makes us unique as a, a donor advised fund or what I refer to, it's analogous to a charity bank is that um, regardless of what charities you care about and regardless of how much money you give away, you're welcome at charitable impact. Right. And, and, and so accessibility level playing field for smaller donors or people who give less money away, not necessarily relative to their income, but less money away in terms of, you know, macro raw dollar terms are as welcome at charitable impact and get the same tools and services as, as those who, who, who don't. And, and, and as a result, you know, having done, you know, well over a billion dollars worth of charitable donations through charitable impact now, um, you know, we have, um, we have, this is some context for, uh, for the, 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 the answer I'm going to give you. Okay? <laughs> okay. So, you know, we have, you know, our latest, our, our largest account, you know, has, you know, well north of $50 million in it, right. Of, of assets that are invested and a bunch of money has been given away. And yet both of my kids that you introduced at the top who are today uh, 10 and 11 years old also have impact accounts with charitable impact. And I, and I pay my kids or give my kids a charitable allowance, right? So their account has like 20 bucks or 50 bucks in it. Meanwhile, I got a, you know, a couple people up here with, 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 um, you know, tens of millions of dollars in their accounts. And so one of the disagreements that we had early on in the business was whether charitable impact would serve all Canadians, regardless of how much money they give away, or whether it would just serve the wealthier ones, you know, where it's easier to monetize um, and, you know, smaller targeted audiences are also easier to market and tailor to. And um, with, a, with the longer story short, it was a critical culture piece for the business to understand, especially for me, that like I wasn't going to stick around if it was just going to be a business that was for the high net worth donors, because the goal is to help all Canadians give. And who knows? I mean, if a Canadian who starts giving 50 bucks, you know, maybe the way Bill Gates did when he was, you know, 17, 18, 19, might go on to give billions away later once they've succeeded as an adult. In other words, you got to learn how to give charitably before you know, you can actually give large amounts of money away. This whole idea that like, oh, I'll give money away once I'm rich is total BS, by the way. Tons of people, you know, because there's always a better car. There's always a bigger house. There's always a nicer plane to buy. So if you don't teach and nurture charitable giving when people are are younger, the probability that they start when they're older is actually uh, um, lower than you would think it is. So, So here's this piece that has ended up becoming one of the most important cultural aspects of charitable impact that any Canadian, no matter how much money you have to give away, is welcome at inside the, the, the charity bank that is charitable impact um, um, started as a disagreement originally, because why don't we just go and service the easier high net worth market? Um, and, and, and it was, and the answer was because we're actually a business that's focused on increasing access to and participation in giving, regardless of how much money you have. And while there was some fighting around that and some interesting conversation and some disagreement, Ultimately, we got in alignment. That's that's who we are, and that's who we stand for. And ten years later, that's true. First of all, it's still true today. And secondly, we have this clear part of our business that works with investment advisors and helps them help their clients with charitable giving. And those are large, usually bigger accounts, and they deal with non-cash assets like publicly traded securities, cryptocurrencies, you know, real estate, private company shares. And then we have tens of thousands of 
I don't know, normal people like me and maybe you, Phil, I don't know you well enough to say that, but like relatively give a little bit here and there. Yeah. Right. So, so, so sorry for the long winded answer, but there's a really critical part of our business. That's so important to our brand and culture that started with um, disagreement and ended in alignment. And 10 years later, we're still aligned that way. And you could never change as long as I'm the CEO, you know, that part of our business. I, I love that it was early on that you had this, this major decision because it is a cultural decision in your business. Like, are we going to be focused on this one thing, even though it doesn't really connect to our mission statement? You know, like your mission statement was making it easier to give and make an impact giving for everyone. But if you're focused only on the 1% or the, the ones who have those big assets, then you're not aligned with that mission statement. So I loved how everything came into alignment. Uh, I want to hear about a win that you had with charitable impact. I love how you said that your kids, you give a charitable impact allowance to your kids. That's amazing. I think more parents should do that as well. And knowing that there is this opportunity with charitable impact that it's open to all Canadians. I'm definitely going to be uh, making sure I share this with as many people as I can. This episode is going to be a great one to share, um, not only for my entrepreneurs learning, but also how Canadians can actually impact more people with their charitable donations. Um, I want to hear about a win that a running charitable impact gave you. Well, there's, there's two contexts for that. There's sort of the philosophical and then there's the day to day. And so they're, they're related. Um, the philosophical is that I think the biggest problem, in the charity sector that no one's really working on, by the way, you know, with some exceptions, us being a major one, is that is this problem of there's nowhere to learn about giving, right? And so charities are so focused on fundraising, which is a sales and marketing mechanism. They're not actually teaching and nurturing their donor base, right? So the problem with that is it's like, you know, um, I don't know, uh, fishing fleets going out there and fishing all the time, but not worrying about, you know, how many fish there are left in the ocean and making sure that we're, you know, allowing enough to grow and stuff, right? So the donor base has to be developed and nurtured Otherwise, you know, you'll be fishing from no one. And I think that's a, I think that's a, a, a substantive and a serious uh, 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 a threat, you know, um, existential threat to, to the charity sector. So I really love bringing my, um, you know, subject matter expertise on charity to solve that problem. I mean, the, the, my difficulty getting up in the morning, going to work is like so small because I just really love that big challenge. Now, how does that express itself day to day? I mean, the, the type of wins that really get me excited are, the, are, the, are the, the ones that you might not think, right? You might be like, oh yeah, the guy gave 10 million bucks into his account. John, are you excited about that? Hey, I'm happy, I'm glad. We've also created a really good service that helps people do that stuff, okay? But the stuff that really is meaningful to me isn't about how much money you've done. It's the people who come in and say, you know what? Um, thanks to the, thanks to, you know, opening account with charitable impact and, and, and just, you know, starting to be, I'm more thoughtful about my giving today. I feel better about my giving. I'm more confident and actually I'm giving more money away a little bit, right? The small wins that happen along the way where, you know, uh, a donor goes from, you know, wanting to do it because maybe they think it's the right thing to do, or maybe it's a religious thing for them, or maybe it's a, a personal thing they've had relationships to, to health or, or, or the environment that they want to do something they want to create change in the world but they didn't know how 
the things that really get me excited are when, you know, someone comes along and they go, oh yeah, you know, I started not knowing how, and now I know a little bit better. And then you talk to them, you know, two or three months later and they're like, yeah, actually I figured this out and, and thanks for helping me figure this out. And now I'm here. And, and because the goal is to help develop more donors who are confident and comfortable with their charitable giving, right? What we see in the future is a world where everyone opts into charitable giving and then those who kind of go, ah, it's not really for me, opt out. But that's not where we are today. Generally speaking, people are not engaged with charitable giving and it costs a lot of money, you know, and inefficient money to get them involved with giving. So if charitable impact can change that, that's huge. Now I'm back at that macro level. The reason we know we're going the right direction is because there's so many micro stories in charitable impact about donors coming by and saying, look, I just, thanks charitable impact for helping me become a better donor. And uh, it's not so much about patting yourself on the back and, you know, you know, hanging the jacket up and calling it a day after that. It's about going, we're going in the right direction. Let's keep doing what we're doing and staying true to who we are. I love that. And uh, I love how you have those micro stories just popping over time, creating the big tidal wave of change that's coming. And I think I'm glad I can be just a little bit a part of it because I'm going to push this out at free marketing for you guys, which is great. Um, and for the Canadians as well. Um, we're coming up to the, uh, the end of the episode, which I hate. So we're going to hit the spark question of the show. Uh, you know, it's spark comes from the, <laughs> the creators of yes theory um, and how they are saying a spark, a conversation with a stranger. Cause a stranger is just a friend you haven't met yet. Um, and I like this one. This one is going to be good for you. Um, if you could design a museum exhibition that represents you, what items would be put on display? Oh my gosh, that's a hard question. Um, so I, I don't, I'm not seeing items. What I'm seeing is kind of, you know, context. So one of the, one of the things that, that, I'm, that I'm prepared to be wrong about, but think I'm right about, is that if you want to make people charitable, you don't sort of like pull them towards charity with things like guilt, right? Like, hey, you should be charitable because it makes you a better person. I mean, I happen to agree that's true. What you do is you, 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 you pull them towards charitable giving by, in, in, uh, by integrating charitable giving into things that they're already doing. So, so what I'm seeing in this museum is like, oh, well, here's a, here's a customer experience where you just thought you were buying a donut, but you ended up you know, earning charity dollars you know, as a result of buying the donut. And when, when the company did that, their sales went up, but also their customers you know, went away with some charity dollars and spent them on what they what they wanted to and look at how the inter information you know you know was shared with the, the 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 company to see what their customers did with the money which told the company something about their customer and look at how grateful the customer was to receive this royalty kind of charity dollar that they could you know give to things that they you know care about right as opposed to the business always choosing which is the way it kind of works today which is why no one really cares about corporate philanthropy if i just say it bluntly um so so, so then also like, what else do you do? Oh, I go to school, right? Like my kids go to school. Well, I, I hope, I think my kids go to school. I know I drop <laughs> them off there. So, you, you know, so you drop them. You at least you drop them off. Charity. And they're back by three when it's time to pick them up. So I know that's, that stuff's good. Okay. So, so, so here we are being honest. Okay. So, 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 you know, oh, here's this school exhibition and it's this, this exhibition about like how, how, how charity was integrated into the school 
to, to create an experiential learning environment where the kids could, you know, take charity dollars on their own, make their own decisions, you know, and, and apply them to the things they're learning. Gee, we just did this module in school about food security. And we were able to take some, some dollars and, and make decisions on, you know, whether or not money should go towards food security. And if we think that, then what inside food security, like what charity should benefit from it? You know, what about workplaces, right? You know, how cultures can be changed once giving is pro- flexibly and probably properly integrated into the environment. So, so I could go on and on and on. Um, sports environments, friends, you know, you know, giving clubs amongst people, all this stuff. So what I see more is instead of items, as I see an exhibit that sort of talks about how we used to have school over here and charitable giving over there. And we used to have workplaces here and charitable giving over there. And then what happened was those things brought together and the workplaces and the schools were more happy and the donors were more happy and more impact got created for a lower you know, cost and things got better. So I think that's what I would see. That, that's an, um, I would love to see that exhibit. That would be an amazing ex- exhibit to see. Uh, John, I'm going to jump off the screen here. I'm going to give you the last little bit. Please let my audience know where they can connect with you guys at Charitable Impact if they're interested in opening accounts or even just supporting you. Uh, so the floor, sir, is yours. <laughs> Well, thank you for the opportunity. Um, look, we've got three beliefs at Charitable Impact. So let me just start there. First, everybody, everyone listening, you know, has something they want to create change for. And all of those people have something they can do to create change for that, right? Whether it's giving some of their time and their talent or, or their money. Uh, we also believe that when you give, you get something in return. So, so. If, 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 if you are culturally aligned with those statements, please come and visit us at Terrible Impact. We're here to serve you as the donor, regardless of how much money you give away, regardless of what causes or charities you, you give to. It's your giving, your way, with our support, right? So you can find us online, charitableimpact.com. Uh, we're, we're, we're in social media uh, at, at We Are Charitable. Um, and come check us out, you know, follow us uh, uh, and, 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 and reach out to us. We've got a very talented uh, group of people working here and their sole purpose is to help you uh, create the change you want to see in the world. So we're not selling anything other than participate in giving. Uh, it's up to you to determine what you want to do. Find us online. We're here to help you. Charitableimpact.com. I love it. Uh, John, I want to thank you so much for uh coming on the show, sharing your story, telling us more about Charitable Impact and how it's you're looking to change the world with more giving. Um, I can't thank you enough. Phil, thanks for the opportunity. That was a great interview. Appreciate it. You're welcome. To my audience, please make sure you check out the show notes down below to connect with John and the show. I want to thank you so much for listening and always remember to invest in yourself. 